to Voices of the Belt and Road podcast, brought to you by the Belt and Road Advisory, your professional advisors on all matters concerning the Belt and Road Initiative. Voices of the Belt and Road is our flagship podcast, and with each episode, we'll hear the personal stories of people who are part of the Belt and Road Initiative. The aim of this podcast is to demystify the initiative by interviewing a broad array of people whose lives are impacted day in and day out by the world's largest cross-border trade initiative and infrastructure build-up. On this podcast, in addition to university researchers, think tank experts, and policymakers, you can also hear from business people, workers, and countless others involved in the Belt and Road. You'll hear people tell their own personal stories in their own languages, because at the end of the day, the Belt and Road Initiative is changing people's lives, and we want you to hear it from them. Please enjoy this week's podcast, and thanks for tuning in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Voices of the Belt and Road podcast. I'm your host, Greg Stetz. Today, we will talk about security of Belt and Road projects. With us is Odell Gafarov from Yenching Academy of Peking University, who has been involved in operations of Shanghai Cooperation Organization in Beijing, and is one of the two people in the world, and the only one in Central Asia, researching Chinese private security companies. Recently, in cooperation with Chatham House, he published a pioneer piece on activity of Chinese private security companies in Central Asia. It is great to have you with us. Thank you, Greg. It's honor for me as well. Please, tell us a bit about your background. Why did you decide to research security issues and specifically the topic of Chinese private security companies? I was born in, in ancient Samarkand, right in the heart of Central Asia, uh, and um, I've studied international relations before. I'm very interested in uh, studying China and Central Asian relations, especially Belt and Road Initiative. Well, in 2012, I've, uh, I read a very interesting article in The, the Diplomat. Uh, the topic was about uh, Chinese private military uh, forces in Africa. That was very, very surprising for me because by that time, as a, as, as a researcher who studied American PMCs, European PMCs, Russian PMCs, I was very, very uh, surprised how it's possible. China, military companies, private, really? Uh, and... Uh, Starting from 2013, I decided to, to look into this topic deeply and uh, recently I published uh, research in uh, The World Today uh, by Chatham House. I noticed that you use acronyms PSC, private security companies, and PMC, private military companies. What is the difference between the two? Well, different researchers use uh, different acronyms. It is supposed to be that PSC is a private security company and then PMC is private military company. While well, some researchers say that PMCs are mostly engaged with uh, local, actual local uh, conflicts. Let's say uh, Blackwater was hired by CIA and then uh, Department of Defense to uh, um, participate in uh, war in uh, Afghanistan against terror and then later in Iraq and then PSCs are mostly provide unarmed forces however practice shows that there is no difference between PSCs and PMCs some of our listeners may still find it a little bit confusing 
Is there a relation between private military companies and the actual military? This question was very important for me as well. You know what? In 2000, 2004, I, I saw, I've watched all of those interviews uh, by CNN and Reuters about the war in Afghanistan. And I was very surprised why this uh, military people are wearing uh, these black t-shirts without any insignias, chevrons, any, any lines, anything. And then uh, that was a question for me as well, like, because as a person who was born in military family, I was very, very familiar with uh, military ranks and I couldn't see them on them. Later, I understood that those people were private contractors and in uh, uh, PMCs, they don't have ranks, they don't have insignias, they don't have anything. These companies are not military companies. They're just very, very... Uh, ordinary companies. They're, they have managements, they have employees, they have workers. Uh, they're very, they're not military at all. However, the other organizations and uh, military organizations, Minister of Defense or Intelligence Services, they hire them uh, for more efficient provision of uh, operations. In the case with the uh, West, that's very, very clear. Basically, CIA and then DOD uh, decided to um, use PSCs just because you don't have to report on casualties uh, of uh, PMCs uh, in your report. Uh, the less people are killed in actions, uh, the better uh, Pace you have. Thank you for that. I think now we have a clear picture of what we're talking about. So what is the history of Chinese private security companies? Currently, researchers think that Chinese uh, CQ, private security forces were created uh, very recently. That is not true. It took very long time for Chinese companies to develop them. In 2004, we can see that uh, several Chinese workers were killed in Afghanistan and in 2005 in Sudan and 2006 in a different parts of the world. And uh, of course, that was a tragedy for China and Chinese people. How it's possible you sent your people abroad and they don't have a relevant uh, security? That is, uh, that is not right. And in 2009, there were some discussions on experts level what to do how to solve these problems some 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 people um, recommended to send chinese armed police forces to protect chinese workers in uh, abroad uh, however they came up with a much much better solution first uh, chinese companies try to use uh, foreign um, let's say, Western uh, private military of uh, companies. But it didn't work uh, to, to several reasons. And uh, then they decided that the best solution is to develop their own private military forces. And why didn't the cooperation between the Western private security companies and the Chinese clients work? Western researchers think that the, the main reason was price. In fact, that is true that uh, Western PMCs charge 10 times more than Chinese companies. That is true. 
However, I would say that for Chinese companies, money is not the the first problem. The first problem is language. Those contractors they don't speak Chinese, and that is problem for Chinese workers.、Uh, there is a huge gap between them, and thus the best solution was to develop. Uh, the the Chinese companies. So why do the Chinese companies need services of private security companies in the first place? How do those companies actually work? Very very different. Well, mostly we need to say that Chinese PSCs are not really PSCs. They're more they they mostly do training. Ah,、uh, the broad. Uh, they are mostly they don't have、uh, weapons.、Uh, they they do they work with uh, local uh, private forces, train them,、uh, teach them how to work within this、uh, perimeter, and then、um, try to、um, maximize the 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 the, the maintenance of of local forces. But they are not interacted within actual conflicts. Only in those cases, if The if there is such a requirement to evacuate Chinese workers from those、um, conflict areas, well, let's say by the by the increasing number of Chinese workers, the the cases of interaction with 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 these、uh, conflicts also increasing. In two thousand ten, the Chinese PSC called、uh, Shandong Huawei was founded specifically to be. To operate in those、uh, dangerous areas,、uh, and to, in two thousand fourteen, this company became the first Chinese PSCs which opened its foreign representative office in、uh, Africa, Johannesburg,、uh, and, and and thus to be closer、uh, to to the field.、Uh, in two thousand eleven, another company, DV Security Company,、uh, was founded also to operate in those、uh, conflict areas. And in two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve, thirteen, and then recent、uh, one in two thousand fifteen, this company was responsible for evacuation of Chinese workers from. Uh, Uh, conflict areas in Sudan,、uh, Chad, in Yemen. How would you compare Chinese security companies to their foreign counterparts? Are they different in any way?、Uh, depends on what kind of companies we're talking about. Let's say、um, there are actually classical type of uh, Chinese. Uh, Private security forces, like in other country, they are mostly they are unarmed. They are responsible for taking care of uh, uh, personnel of of companies or international institutions and so on. Some of Chinese companies work abroad to protect Chinese ships or Chinese oil and gas companies or Chinese banks in those areas. However, we can say that the new type of Chinese、uh, so-called hybrid companies are. Very, very Western. Why? Because、uh, the management of these companies are people from West. Thus,、uh, it really depends on the kind of the company. So, in which regions do Chinese private security companies primarily operate? Are they operating in Central Asia? It's Africa, and、uh, we know those countries. Let's say Sudan, 
were 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 the 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 the, the, the other uh, countries in that region. Um, but uh, however, also Afghanistan and uh, Iraq also can be uh, good examples. But in the other countries, there is no uh, need for Chinese uh, PCs now. I need to mention that there is no Chinese uh, private security companies in Central Asia. Not yet. However, the thing is, if you practice one thing in one country, you try to, to do it in the other countries as well. And that's why some researchers think that if Chinese companies actively using Chinese PSCs in Africa with the extension of Belt and Road, they would definitely use uh, these uh, PSCs in Central Asia as well. I would not agree with that because Central Asia is very different region, very different. However, if we study those cases with with new kind of new types of companies, we can say that they are willing. This is not decision of Chinese government. Those companies are private and they are mostly market oriented. It's not based on Chinese foreign policy. These companies just want to do money. They know that the BRI is a huge project and 10% of BRI uh, budget will be spent on security services. If we count that 10% from 1 trillion US dollars, that is huge money and this is really good opportunity for these people whom, whom I would call as opportunists. The thing is, um, in 2014, uh, we can see that uh, one of Chinese uh, classic PSCs were reformed to the new type of Chinese uh, PSCs so-called hybrid. The, the, the name of this company is uh, Frontier Services Group and then uh, the president of this company is uh, Mr. Eric Prince who is a former Navy SEAL and uh, founder of very very famous uh, Western PSC, PMC uh, Blackwater. And uh, in 2016 they uh, concluded agreements within a Belt and Road uh, initiative in order to provide security services to Chinese companies. And if you look through the official website of this company, you can see that in their main page, it's written that company is planning to extend their offices to Central Asian countries, especially Kazakhstan and Uzbekistan. They are planning uh, because they know that uh, in, in the future Chinese companies will be deployed there and mm, probably there will be need for uh, uh, Chinese uh, PSCs as well as this is happening in uh, Africa. So there is no relationship between Chinese private security companies and Chinese military or Chinese foreign policy? They're mostly technical issues. Let's say if you want to, if there is a problem in, in Africa, let's say, and if you want to send 
PLA forces to Africa to to help those people. That would take time. First, you need to make sure that the the the, the forces will get this uh, order, and then you will send those ships, and uh, it will it will take more money, more time, and then more efforts. However, if you have someone on field, and then there is less bureaucracy, they 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 costs less, and uh, those those companies are private. And if there are some casualties, of course, you don't have to report on them as well. I also want to ask you about the situation in Central Asia. In your article, which we already mentioned, you talk about some tensions with the local population. So what role do private security forces play in such situations? Well, there were some cases in Kyrgyzstan and Kazakhstan, mostly very, very low tensions between local population and uh, Chinese workers. Um, uh, for example, uh, there were some, some clashes between Chinese workers and then local workers there just because... Um, uh, they didn't pay on the time and so on. Or 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 in 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 Kazakhstan when the government decided to uh, give uh, the right to rent uh, land to uh, private companies and uh, local population was sure that. Chinese companies will take this opportunity, and soon the the number of Chinese people will increase a lot but that's only fears of local people this is not serious problem because in fact all of central asian countries have very strong um, military forces especially kazakhstan and uzbekistan and then in case of any serious problems they they can um, provide they can make sure that uh, things gonna be all right and then we also need to mention that there the actually government itself uh, deploys uh, forces to provide security to uh, those uh, foreign companies as well like in case of Uzbekistan or Kazakhstan well the, there is there there, there are no uh, PSCs there even local one security forces are offered by government uh, that's that's why in in my article i i mentioned that that it is it is very important to, uh, for readers to know that those companies are those chinese companies are willing to come to central asia not because beijing decided this no they decided on their own just because they know that that this job this work is profitable they just want to make more money, and that's why these decisions are market-oriented. Um, I think that Central Asian countries and in China need to talk more uh, on the government level, on the military level, and especially on, on those channels which they have now. And for me, the best way is, of course, to use Shanghai Cooperation Organization as a, for a basement for uh, this uh, opportunity. I think this is great for uh, this is for both sides, for both China and, and Central Asian countries, that these 
challenges exist, it will help them to understand each other more and then to, uh, in order to have more uh, benefits. Odell, thank you very much for all the insights about the Chinese private security companies working on the Belt and Road Initiative. It was great to have you on the show. Thank you very much. Thank you, Greg. this week's Voices of the Belt and Road podcast. If you want to learn more about the Belt and Road Initiative, check out our website at beltandroad.ventures. That's Belt and Road, one word, no spaces, and dot ventures, V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S. On the website, you can subscribe to our weekly Belt and Road Bulletin and also follow our Belt and Road Advisory social media accounts on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. That way, you'll always be up to date on what is happening on the Belt and Road. Thanks for tuning in and see you next week.